You see, we, we working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. Just been revoked. Welcome once again to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, we are on episode 18 now, uh, where we are discussing the disappearance of Aisha Degree. You got your host G Baby, and uh, as always, the usual suspect Steve. How are you, friend? Hello. Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing good. Better now. I just I totally yes. forgot this. Uh, part of Wedding Singer. We just rewatched that a couple nights ago. The part where Oh yeah, I've seen it ten thousand times hit me. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking Steve Buscemi at the beginning. He's like making a fool and Sandler tries to like okay, yeah, the best man yeah. everyone is like, yeah, best man better man. <laughs> better man. <laughs> Dude, that part got me it's remember been that time years in, since in I Puerto Rico that. we picked up those two uh well, I guess they were prostitutes, but I don't remember paying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his yeah. character in that is so good. And when he sees George yes. like playing the guitar, and he's, he's like, like, ooh, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a singing bunch at of the parts. wedding at the end. It's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of parts. The only thing I think I remembered from it in the past 10 years was Kenyon always doing that. They were cones. They were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, great film. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Yeah, Wedding Singer is a banger. Um, I think that's anything beyond that. The Sandman really started slipping. I, I don't know. I think that that might be an argument for a different day. Because and now he's in this weird like renaissance where it's like he's a he's like a serious actor. Yeah, yeah, he did. I love when he's like, oh, I'm gonna go. Uh, how about an Alabama slammer? He's like, uh, meet you at the bar. I got to piss first. And he's like, yeah, you know, have a few drinks and then drive home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I re I rewatched big daddy recently and it wasn't as good as I remembered, but I still give it a no. pass, but I watched Mr. Deeds for the first time. I'd never seen it. I'd completely missed that one. Watched that for the first time. And that was pretty rough sledding, man. I was like, this is awful. There's maybe one or two scenes, it. and really, I, I really only like John Turturro, the yeah. the butler guy. He was yeah. my only the only thing I was hanging on to in that film. Uh, what about the part where they um, they fake the purse snatching, and he chases him down and beats the shit out of that guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, rolls out the Old Spice. He's like, oh, goddamn Old Spice. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Yeah, Steve Buscemi... Steve Buscemi's great in that one, and uh, uh, Big Daddy. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome in that. <laughs> <laughs> Give you crew cut, mister. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't even get me started. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what's new in your neighborhood? Anything, or you just want to get right down to the nitty-gritty? Uh, nothing too noteworthy. I figure we could just get right into it. Okay. Oh, by the way, i got to mention... I too, do... Go. I do have one. It didn't really work out last week, but I do have a phrase written down that's going to be like the autistic phrase that pays that we'll see if you can get through the entire episode <laughs> without saying it. Oh, okay. I like that that heading. Uh, I don't know how PC it is, but we'll fuck it. Um, 
So this isn't related to colloquial corners. Well, it's not like it's not like the N word or something. I think you'll be able to avoid saying it. That's true. (laughs) I could see someone calling this like ableist or some fucking thing, but um, okay, I'm looking forward to that too. Um, Oh yeah, shout out to first first of the season pumpkin beer. This one's especially good as far as pumpkin beer go. It's uh, oh king. It better be if it's called Pum King. Yeah. This is Southern Tier Brewing. I think they're in New York, but uh, advertises pumpkin pie in a glass, and it how fun! Pretty What's close. the uh, alcohol percentage in that? Eight point six, and it is smooth. Damn, it's it's wow. a good. Yeah, you have two of them, and you're fucking zooted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah, a tasty beverage. That's that's higher than I was expecting. I thought it was gonna be like a weak little four or five percent it's the easiest 8.6 i've ever had i'll tell you that like if you stack it up to the only other one i can think that high that i've had is like bigfoot the sierra nevada and that shit's like fucking cough medicine i think it's only like 8.3 or maybe it's a touch higher maybe it's like 9.1 but either way it's i think it's terrible whereas this is like easy drinking so um Anyhow, nice. yeah, shout out to Pumpkin. Check it out. I'm, I, I'm a big. I, I like pumpkin beer, so I always like try to try a new one every year. A couple of years ago, I tried one where it's like I can't remember the brand, but they, uh, they age the beer in like Kentucky bourbon barrels, so it's bourbon barrel pumpkin beer. Hmm. That one's very tasty too. I think it's like Kentucky something. And they only sell them in like four packs, and like seventeen bucks for a four pack. So it's kind of just like a treat yourself moment. But anywho, yeah. okay. So all right, yeah, let's get into this this thing. Um, so yeah, we're talking about. I've been. I heard a bunch of people say it, and I'm so I'm saying it. Asia. That's how I I heard it as well. I okay. I saw I saw like a pronunciation thing. Yeah. And then I also watched a a, a little. 20 minute video that the FBI put out and they they said Asia as well. Okay, cool. So, I'm I'm going to go with that. Every time I see it and I think it right before I'm about to say it, I want to say Asha so bad. It just Yeah, me, it same here for some reason. Natural. Like yeah. that's the way I should say it. So, anyway, so Asia degree, she went missing. Uh this is in we're in North Carolina. Um this is in a town called Shelby, North Carolina. Uh, not quite a suburb. I guess you could classify it as that. It looks about to be 20-ish minutes west as the crow flies southwest of Charlotte. Um, and I think, I don't know what it was in the year 2000, but it's, it looks it says it's like 20,000 people. So not podunk, but uh, and it's close enough to Charlotte. So um, we're not like out in the middle of nowhere here, but... Uh, so this this went down in the year 2000. Like I said, uh, she disappeared on Valentine's Day, uh, February 14th. She came from a Christian, strong Christian upbringing. Uh, mother uh, Aquila and Father Harold, and she had a brother, O'Brien, not Bryant. I thought yeah. it was Bryant a couple times, but um, I like that for a first name. Yeah, I I'm fine with it. It reminded me there's an establishment out here called O'Charlie's, like an Irish O'Charlie's with the little apostrophe. I know there's, I think there's something in the South too called like uh, Beef O'Brady's that is really a divisive place. But have you ever heard of Beef O'Brady's? No, doesn't ring a bell at all. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a new one on me too. Anywho, yeah. I went. I went to a. Uh, with some of our old mutual coworkers, we went to at this restaurant when we were on a work trip years ago. That's when the infamous uh, tried to pass the fake ID and yeah. it's like all oh, the water, water on that yeah. on that trip. <laughs> this restaurant, this restaurant was an abomination. It was half. <laughs> it was a fusion of Irish pub and Mexican food. Oh. From what I remember, and there was, I think, five or six of us, and this was after a night of, like, some heavy drinking, and so the next day, we all just felt like shit, and so we went out to lunch to this place, and every single thing we got there was, like, subsequently the worst food any of us had ever seen, like... (laughs) Like bangers and and mashed fajitas? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, imagine that, but just worse, like, worse than anything you can imagine, and... Like, I think each of us had taken maybe two bites of all of our food and the waitress came over and was, was just like, are you guys okay? And we're just looking at the food. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we're fine. Uh, I think the the issue lies. And we were probably all just like sweating. I mean, she probably (laughs) knew, she probably knew the deal. Like, yeah, our food is dog shit, but yeah, that does not sound like a, uh, a conducive, uh, oh my God. Yeah. What a horrible, horrible combo and i think i want to say i looked it up not too long ago and shockingly they're no longer in business but uh yeah so back back to young miss degree i definitely got the impression from reading about her family that i don't know sheltered is the right word but they were definitely like a pretty conservative Mm -hmm. uh kind of insulated was the word that i saw repeated a few different places from the outside world and yep yeah, like you said, their life centered, seemed to just center around like family, church, and school, and and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I saw a quote from I saw a quote from the mom in a 2013 interview, and she said every time you turned on the TV, there was some pedophile who'd lured somebody's child away via the internet, so they didn't even have a computer in their house, which kind of gives you an idea of what her mindset is. Right. And it sucks because it, it sucks when you see people who are somewhat paranoid about things when it comes to fruition, because then it's just it totally justifies all of their what may yeah. or may not have been reasonable or unreasonable. Um, and it's kind of scary from the outside. It. It's kind of scary from the outside looking in too. Cause it's like, fuck, they did everything right. Yeah. So on, on surface level. And that still happened. It's like, you know, that, that, that was one of the things that I, I mean, obviously the first thing I thought about having kids, you know, cause I have kids, I thought about it and it's like, fuck, they did everything right. You know, you could call someone insulated or sheltering or, you know, uh, maybe being a little too overprotective, but I mean, I get mm-hmm. it. I get that instinct yeah. and it's, it's, it is scary nonetheless though, to think like they did all those things and then she's fucked. She vanishes off the face of the earth for 30, 25 years, you know, like. I did see that and yeah, I thought that I'm, was it was weird, but I guess for some of the younger listeners too, it's not super weird though because like what the year two thousand, the internet's only like the way we think about it today roughly was only like three or four years old, maybe five. Yeah, like yeah, I usually think about ninety six is when it sort of entered my world. Right, and then even in the year two thousand, I mean it wasn't anywhere as ubiquitous it is as it is today i think it wasn't right. probably until like 
2007 to 2010 where it's like yeah everyone's got a computer everyone's got fucking internet like it's like smartphone yeah like everyone has a fucking microwave you know um yeah but yeah in the year 2000 i can still see that especially with like a highly religious family but yeah it drives mm-hmm. on the point that they like they they kept to their own their community like hyper local church got like god family education was mm-hmm. the, their main tenant so i didn't see anything too like uh at least before the disappearance about uh like any evidence of trouble like or no uh, i didn't like i didn't parents either. being too overbearing you know they just no really, not at really all cared so that's the kind of family dynamic we're looking at with uh with the degrees um i didn't mean to step on where were you going that with that next? oh no i was just gonna say day like by the same by the same token it sounds like both parents worked they yeah. both seem like they both seem like uh just good good people so both kids were kind of they weren't completely sheltered the way you would think like the crazy homeschool kid you know they came and went and they so the kids were given responsibilities so it wasn't like they were just being locked in a basement all day right but yeah you could t- you could tell that that was really important uh, like their safety was important to the mom because they were nine and ten respectively when when this whole thing happened, which is it's definitely young, but it's kind of on that borderline of when. Like I can't remember when I was first left home alone, but I think it was probably earlier than other kids because I was always just kind of like a hermit old man, even as a little kid. So they were like, "He'll he'll be fine. We'll just put some breadcrumbs on the ground and he'll be fine." Have but, like one of those fucking rabbit feeder things of water yeah, strapped to the back of your much. door. Yeah, that's funny. I can. I it, I'm trying to picture six, seven, eight year old old man, little Steve. <clears throat> Just imagine a smaller kid with the same giant head that you see today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so, so yeah. And was the there dad... anything else you wanted to get into as far as the background or kind of just get into that day? No, yeah, I think that sets or... the table pretty, I mean, semi-rural town. You know, these are the things that were important to them. Um, it Yeah, it wasn't, like, super overbearing where, like, it was a homeschool kind of, like, mini uh, cult situation. Yeah, they weren't, they could yeah, they weren't like, Quakers or anything. Right. And, I mean, I uh, I. I I can't remember about the brother, but Aisha, at least, like, she was, uh, she played basketball, and she was athletic, uh, she played point guard, she, uh, so, they did extracurricular things, uh, it, it wasn't, like, super locked down, but, um, yeah, I guess that sets the table for, uh, a little bit of the background, um, so going into the day, uh, so, Again, it was Valentine's Day, and this was actually, it also happened to be um, Aisha's parents' uh, wedding anniversary, 12-year wedding anniversary. Um, and I, I want to touch on that a little bit later, too, because I might have a kooky theory about that, but or just um, a curiosity <laughs> about it. Um, but so she she had a game. Was it the same day, or was it the day before? The day before. Okay. So she had a basketball. Are, are you? Yeah. Well, I think it was the. I think it was the night before. Okay. Yeah, she had a basketball game the night before, and they had lost. I've seen some people offer up like maybe she was like in a really negative headspace, and like 
that could have contributed or been a participant or precipitating factor, you know, like her losing this big game. They lost by a point. She fouled out of the game. Uh, she's like one of the, the stars of the team performer. Um, but I guess that was ruled out because when she came home, uh, her parents didn't make note. And the brother, you know, said she was yeah pissed that they lost initially, but she got over it pretty quickly within the next day. So then we go into the next day and, um, Aisha's father, Harold, he actually worked double duty at times. So he worked a second night job. Um, and this is kind of the timeline of him, like coming home from his first job. And then there's like a trip to where he would go get Valentine. He was supposed to get Valentine's day candy and or anniversary last minute kind of thing where he left the house. And then, and then it's, I've seen like two thirty. like he gets home at 1130 but it's not till two thirty that he actually checks on the kids and like, you know, kisses their head so this goodnight is, and goes to sleep. This, so what I read and I, I read, I, I read a pretty decent amount. So I'm, I'm confident that I've kind of, you've sussed out aggregated. the timeline. I think so because I definitely saw some conflicting info, uh, but it seemed to come from a place of them not, not really doing that much research, which some, some of those little details come up later, but it sounds like they both, her and her brother shared a room. They both went to bed at like eight, which is crazy early, yeah. but so they go to bed at eight. It sounds like there was a car accident in the neighborhood that knocked the power out mm-hmm. sometime after that power came back on at 1230. When the power came back on, the dad popped his head in the room to like check on the kids. They were still there asleep. And then he stayed up. And, and then when he went to bed at 230, then okay. he tried, he popped back in again one more time on his way to bed to check in on them. And they were still asleep in bed. So it's a it's a really narrow time frame because we know when she was seen, or maybe because there's a possibility that what it wasn't even her on the side of the road. But that that's my version of a kooky theory. But yeah. So yeah, last seen by dad at two thirty. The brother said that he heard her heard her like moving around in her bed shortly after that, but obviously didn't think anything of it. And then the next time she spotted is believed to be about 3.45 in the morning. So in that hour and 15 minutes, for some reason, she decides to either pack a bag or she had one pre-packed and just heads out of the house. And it sounds like it was uh, pretty stormy that night with some rain and just yeah. not good not good running away weather, if that's what you were going to do on foot. So, so far, is there anything that I've missed or anything that you saw that differs from that? Um one thing I'm kind of curious about, like one, like um, the the portion about her, I guess she fell asleep first, still in her clothes on the couch around 6:30. Like she was just tired. She came home from school and I assume was just hanging out, reading a book, maybe, and passed out on the couch uh, at 6:30. And then uh, when the storm hit, the car accident, those two things came together. Uh, power went out at around 8:30 which is what woke her up. And then she uh, she stayed up for a little bit, watched TV with her brother and mom until about 9 p.m. when Aquila sent both O'Brien and Aisha to bed. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a little tidbit that I saw. And I bring that up because I think, when did she have time to pack this bag? And did she, I mean, she obviously, she could have done it, like maybe she didn't have it pre-packed and she just, got it together and then fucking booked it and left at like at that 
hour between somewhere between two thirty and three forty five a.m. Um, mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot about like it was pre packed, like it was something, and that's un- unsubstantiated. But I mean, she could have done it the day before too, like premeditated this whole thing, maybe days in advance or weeks. Who knows if she's been groomed? But that part kind of like I don't know. Like, if all indications that her home life and everything was going well, um, like, to have it pre-packed, when she, when she, would she have done that, like, that night? You know, like, she gets home from school, she passes out on the couch, powers out, uh, and then they, she gets sent off to bed. I mean, granted, her the bag that they did find <clears throat> didn't have a bunch of shit in it, but we'll, we'll get to that point later, but... And I think I'm spinning my wheels on, on that part, but yeah. And it's, it's weird too, that like the time that they've honed in on around somewhere in that three to four area, that's when it really started. The storm had intensified um, and it was really coming down. And that's when she chose to leave. That's kind of a, it seems like I can think back being nine years old. Like if I was going to book it and take off and have a bag packed, I I wouldn't do it when it was pissing fucking rain. Um, right. That's just kind of that's a weird detail about this story, but. Um, well, and if you if you uh, if you saw somebody walking down the road and it's pouring rain, it's gonna make it tough to visually identify that person, right? So that's one one like because for some reason I I just get this feeling like it's possible that wasn't even her that these witnesses saw and then. When they when they hear about this missing girl, they're like, "Oh, that kind of looks like that person that I happen to see." Yeah. But if it's storming and it's four in the morning, you know, you're not. I mean, we've talked about it before, as far as like how unreliable eyewitnesses can be mm-hmm. when in situations like this. It's it's insane, and I think most people would be really surprised, like if you put them through some scenario, and then when it's all over, you ask them like, "What color hat was that guy wearing?" And your your brain it has these holes and it tries to fill them and you're like, Oh, I think it was white. And it's like, well, that person didn't even have a hat on. I, I'm just, I was able to have you implant a memory in your own head by just, you know? Right. So, and that's stuff that's like asked like immediately and you try to think back on stuff like two years previous five years, then the, the memory you, you do even, your brain does even more hole filling on small yeah. details that add up at the end of the day. But let, let's assume it is her walking down the road. Uh, she's she's spotted by. I mean, it's not just one or two. It sounds like there were three or four motorists walking along the the highway between three forty five and four fifteen. And it sounds like at least one person turned around because it looks so unusual to have a little girl walking out in that weather in the middle of the night. And th- this person turned around to go check on her, and she just booked it into the woods. And... I saw actually that person, uh, like turned around, drove back, turned around and drove back like two or three different times before they yeah. got the gumption to be like, okay, I'm going to go see what's going on. Um, I thought that was... Which if I'm, if I'm that kid, that is super suspicious. You know, it's like, oh, this car has passed me like three times. Yeah, I'd be freaking out. I'd done the same thing as booked it and been like, fuck this. This is like someone trying to snatch me up. Yeah. And uh, at, at the point where people are seeing her, it's about a mile and a half or so from her house, which is totally plausible that she could get that far in an hour. Right. So, so then, uh, sounds like the mom wakes up at five 45. I saw different times, like five 45 to six 30, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, to get the kids ready. Notice she's gone. Call the cops. 
cops get there at 6.40, I think is the time that I saw. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first things that really jumped out at me is they brought dogs, like tracker dogs, mm-hmm. and the dogs couldn't pick up her scent, which, I mean, the first thing that makes me think of is she didn't leave on foot then, if that's the case. But then again, I don't know how tracking gets more and more difficult in bad weather. You know, like if there's a bunch of rain, could that wash away the scent trail? But I mean, usually I don't know. You, you would assume that if there's no trail, I mean, could, so they knew it was raining. Obviously, if it was if it was known that oh well, you can't track a person in the rain because the scent gets washed away. It's like they wouldn't even fucking try and bring the dog. So that makes yeah. me think possibly more likely that she got in the car and you can't really track that. Yeah. And I mean, for them being on the scene that quickly. And I mean, so she had, let's say anywhere between an hour and a half to three and a half hour head start. Cause it's hard to pin down the time. Like when did she actually step foot out of the house? If she did indeed walk out, was it three thirty? It was sometime between two thirty and five forty-five or six when the mom went to, because that's the last time the dad saw her definitively and went to bed at 2.30, and the mom woke up at 5.30. So somewhere in between there, she left. Also, too, because her brother said he heard squeaking, or he heard, like, uh, you know, the sound of someone tossing and turning in a bed, and that's what he chalked mm-hmm. it up to and just went back to sleep. So that's probably when she left physically, like, the initial point. So that time seems to be content- contested when she actually left, but... So that's mm-hmm. where I get, you know, like a one to three hour ish jump on the cops and they have helicopters, they have dogs, they have a search party. And I mean, she's only nine years old, even if she's like sprinting the whole way, like, I I think your search radius still seems pretty um, manageable, but maybe that's a naive opinion. So that was one of the things where I thought I was like, yeah, she had to have like, it seems more likely that there was some third party that was involved in a transport. That's kind of like my ongoing theory, but yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely seems reasonable. And so it sounds like they, they did a news report that night. And when they did, that's when the witnesses came forward and said that that's, that's the, yeah, that's my cat. Uh, that's when the witnesses came forward and said like, Oh yeah, that's, we saw her walking down the road and, and I saw a couple different places where it said, Oh, and then they found some of her belongings at that site. And so I looked into it more and I guess there was a shed nearby. And the only thing, things they found were a pencil, a marker and a Mickey mouse shaped hair bow that were identified as belonging to her. I don't know if maybe that's just like wishful thinking on the parents' part because those seem like pretty generic items, you know. It's yeah, it's not like they found her student ID or or a locket, you know, because her name. Yeah, because they also found there was a photograph, right? There was a photograph of a young, uh, another, a different young black girl yes. that could not be identified. So, I mean, could that be the person that they actually saw walking down the street or? Could it be a friend of hers that, well, I guess if it was a friend of hers, they would probably know her or the community would recognize. Maybe too. It was like, it shouldn't have been ditched. And if we're going with like, maybe these are so like uh, some kind of ring or um, uh, like a pedophile ring or a tra- human trafficking ring, maybe that was like their baseline, like what they were looking for. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. had it, if you had it set up and you had a third another extension like third party that was gonna be like the bagmen that were gonna go out and like okay we're gonna like if they set something up like oh yeah you're gonna meet me here and we're gonna do this and then they have some you know other group of people that are there to intercept and abductor mm-hmm. like hey that could have been their reference point um yeah and definitely for whatever reason it was discarded or it flew out of the van or whatever but um yeah and yeah then, or maybe 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 she even just temporarily got away and was hiding there before they caught her again i mean that's one of the things that makes this the story so intriguing for me is like there's so many questions that it could be so many different things you know and and so many just like weird little things that don't make sense yeah and it's it's baffling too because it's such like i mean it is 20 minutes outside of Charlotte, but it, I mean, it's a pretty, you know, isolated community and, you know, all the things we've already talked about with her background and stuff, like just for someone to, to vanish like completely and no leads and no nothing. I mean, we, we do get a couple crumbs between the year 2000 and to the present even, but none of them are actionable or have, have produced anything. So... Yeah, just like the the sheer, uh, like the the, her just vanishing like that is, uh, hard because it it just opens up so many questions. Um, there are a couple more, like those crumbs I alluded to. There's a couple of those that come up. Um, I think the first one. Is there anything else before we get to like? So she's missing. She's gone. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to fill in the gaps for like the first year, you know, but they, it seems like there was, you know, uh, a pretty good search effort. And the, that first year it was like hot topic around mm-hmm. town. And yeah, so she's, she's and they, just, they got nothing. Yeah. Zero. So then from there, the first thing, you know, the, the next most meaningful milestone, um, is so this is around this is somewhere between the summer of 2000 and november uh of 2000 so eight to ten months eight to nine months after um there is a there's an inmate named baron ramsey um who is a former he went to high school with the mom uh a degree so he is an inmate at the local jail he reaches out to the local sheriff's office. Um, this is Cleveland County, North Carolina sheriff's office. Um, and he claims Baron Ramsey, uh, that the night Asia disappeared, he and another man were, uh, had been driving back to Shelby, uh, the town, uh, later that night and were buying drugs in a, in a nearby town called Hickory. Um, so while driving, he said the men hit Asia, who was trying to cross the road. His friend put an unconscious uh, Asia in the back of the truck. He dropped this guy who reported it, Baron Ramsey, at home, and then left with Asia still in the vehicle. Later, Ramsey and his friend dumped uh, Asia's body in Moss Lake. Uh, he said law enforcement does not believe the story, and there was no evidence of a hit and run on Highway 18. So this is like the main thoroughfare that. They, that she took mm-hmm. off on is Highway 18 in North Carolina. It basically uh, 
transverses like the state from like like perfect like north and south and they're kind of like on the southern edge of uh southwestern edge of north carolina um additionally they dragged moss lake twice uh it was searched by divers found nothing uh, according to some other blogs, early on in the investigation, uh, law enforcement dismissed this idea of a hit and run because they found no blood, skid marks, paint chips, um, any other type of forensic evidence uh, where or in the vicinity of where uh, Asia was last seen. Um, at the time that this inmate, uh, Ramsey, uh, made this confession he was facing federal charges for bank robbery and uh the cops thought his story about asia was just a way for him to try to get a plea deal and like yeah you know offer up something curry a little favor um so the cops public they publicly admitted since that after several months of uh investigation into this side quest um they don't believe it to be true and no evidence uh could has ever been found in moss lake where they said that they dumped her um it's such a crazy thing with jailhouse informants or snitches or whatever it's like yeah. these people presumably do have a ton of information related to other crimes Right. But they also have such an incentive to lie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so every For once in a while you'll see reasons too. Yeah. So when you do see someone who comes forward and they're being asked on the stand or whatever, like, are you, have you been promised anything or are you getting anything out of this? And they say no, like that's, that's pretty damning. But also at the same time, that's not always exactly true because you could see him making a deal like, I can't promise you anything, but this will look really good if you help us. So they can, yeah. they can still honestly answer like, no, I haven't been promised anything, but it's kind of like a wink and a nod. Like, yeah. if you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. So it sucks because it's such a valuable, potentially valuable so- source of information that could also just be incredibly tainted and none of it be true. So, And it sucks, too, because... In a case like this, something th- this big, this high of stakes, even if it is some f- fucker shooting their mouth off, and like it's like you have to investigate that because you can't rule sure. it out as a possibility, you know. Like, especially yeah. in a case with s- such a dearth of any kind of evidence or leads or anything, you know, like you have to jump on it anyway and expend that resource. Um, and it's like. Yeah. You only know if it, it's valuable and if they were telling the truth, if you actually find the, like the hard dirt or someone red handed or something. So yeah, you mm-hmm. just got to take that one to the finish line. But yeah, I thought that was kind of a funky side story in all of this. But I mean, at the end of the day, it looks like, yeah, just chalk it up to a psychotic person, you know, in a act of desperation, just trying to like, you know, help help his station out but um so i mean honestly i didn't do as much research as i was hope as i would hope but really it's like it's that and then the the only other thing is when they because this is after this is when they find her bag you want to go into like some of that that detail yeah so uh, i think it's about a year and a half after the disappearance they find her bag at a construction site along that same highway, Highway 18, about 25 miles north of town. And I don't know 
how exactly they found it because yeah that seems really sw- muddy to me too and i can't remember i didn't write it down but they they made it sound like oh her bag was like unearthed or discovered like they were you know busting out a foundation or something and found it or they were digging up something and fa- like That's they didn't right. make it seem they didn't they didn't make it seem like oh we were just out in this field getting ready to pour a slab and then we found it, it the way it was written made me think like oh we somehow uncovered it right i mean it was a construction and, site so it stands to reason that yeah like they were just like you know started digging out an area and they clipped like the side of the bag and it like kind of made its way up to the surface and they were like oh shit let's look at this yeah and it just gets even weirder from there so yeah her, her bag was like wrapped in a plastic bag and from what i could see the only thing in the bag was a dr seuss book and a new kids on the block t-shirt uh neither of which belonged to her right but apparently the bag did so yeah the but uh, the that, dr seuss book that's weird check, yeah and it's weird too because the dr seuss book was checked out of the library uh by someone of her who, school yeah of her school from someone i guess it's not that weird so her her friend checked it out you know and then she borrowed it from her friend but either way it wasn't checked out in her name so it wasn't hers specifically and then yeah the shirt was a uh, new kids on the block like concert tour 89 shirt so it's like Mm -hmm. back in those days like you probably couldn't find that on fucking ebay or etsy it's like someone who went to that fucking show that's one thing too that i saw it's like that seemed like a, a good piece of evidence to like try to reverse engineer where did that shirt come from yeah. and like the region when was the last show played like in that like geographical area because like i said yeah they weren't as ubiquitous as like you know people collectors and shit you can find anything online now in the year 2000 it's like yeah that that was someone that had to have gone to a show more than likely in a pretty close proximity so probably like a concert in charlotte or raleigh or you know some the next biggest town i feel like that that seems like with with a case with fucking zero evidence, that would mm-hmm. be something to like try and reverse engineer. But I didn't see anything like where they were like, oh yeah, that was her friend so and so's that she came into possession of. That seemed like maybe it, examine that, you know? Yeah, because if if they're able to determine this book was checked out from that library, like okay, who checked it out? And that would be a place to start. Right. And right. that, that's and what I you did. could easily swat away if it's like, oh, yeah, it was her friend, Nancy Sue. Uh, she let her borrow it a week and a half ago. Oh, okay. That's I, it must have been a dead end because I didn't see anything. Yeah, maybe it was. It's just not fit to print, you know? So, Or maybe they didn't even – maybe it just had a stamp or something of the library and they, they didn't know, like, who had checked it out or something. I mean, fuck, it's possible it wasn't even her bag. Like, just like the Mickey yeah. Mouse hair clip. It's yeah, like, oh, the they probably only made a billion of these, so they find a bag that <laughs> she owned, but it's full of shit that's not hers. I mean, right. what's the most likely scenario that she swapped all her belongings with somebody else or that somebody else had a puppy pals or whatever kids are into type of backpack? <laughs> Paw Patrol. Yeah. That's the, that's the shit right now. That's my hell right now. Um, I do not envy that. Yeah. Dude, so, but beyond that, it's like sucks. that's the last 
anything. And yeah, and it it could have been something too, just like let's plant this shit that's not hers at all to like maybe throw off the scent or you know, I don't know. I mean, it's shitty criminal IQ. One of the you one must of have a goddamn IQ of one hundred and sixty. I mean, it's it's very possible this was a work of a transient like serial killer, and maybe that's who that picture was was like a a former victim or whatever and and maybe this was just a means of disposing a prior victim's belongings because the unidentified kid in the picture like you said it's only 20,000 people in the community that's not a very big community and i'm sure they plastered that picture like who is this because that would be another i mean yeah. in a case where you have like zero leads you would just pound the shit out of the two yeah. or three that you have. So if yeah, nobody like, in that area recognized the kid, like nobody recognized that kid. I mean, I don't, I don't like to blame truckers for all serial killers, but <laughs> it just seems like they're always truckers. Yeah. That's one thing. I mean, I blame myself for not, maybe, maybe it is out there, but it seemed like that would be notable while researching this case. If they had like a side, you know, little side quest about, who was that in the picture? But it seemed like, yeah. oh yeah, uh, it was. F- they found uh, a picture uh, of another little black girl that was around the same age, say eight to twelve years old. But it wasn't her. It wasn't Asia Degree. Yeah. Some other kid. Well, who the fuck is that? Like, yeah. Let's let's and try and I, figure that I mean, out. What if that's some other girl that is has been missing, and there's some kind of linkage there with the area and finding that the photo, like. And I, like I said, maybe that is out there, and I, I, I just didn't do my due diligence to, to plumb those depths. But um, yeah, I mean, and the interesting a... thing you said too about like the serial killer, like what if, yeah, like what if that's one of his like creepy ass ways, like he has a specific profile, and he only goes after girls that look like this and that ha- in this age frame, and uh, part of his like ritual or whatever is, you know abducting them, killing them, and then leaving the previous girl's picture. So then maybe he has a picture of Aisha Degree, and then the next girl he kills that fits that profile, he leaves, he offloads Aisha's shit, and it just hasn't been found. You know, that's one thing I just thought of, like, right off the dome. Like, yeah, what if he is some creepy serial killer, and that's part of it? Yeah. I mean, that that definitely seems like good material for, like, a a book or a movie, you know? Like, he's leaving... (laughs) Like he's leaving clues, yeah, taunting the police. But although on the on in general, like I don't see this as like a serial killer thing, because uh, this is a primarily a black community, and serial killers are it's super rare uh, for that demographic to be a serial killer. And this seemed like a crime. But who said the killer? Who said the killer had to be black? Well, that. That's what I'm saying. So, like, in this area, I think it would be very coincidental or, like, a stroke of luck that she just happened to, like, the night that she happened to, like, run away in these conditions, weather and everything, that there's also some serial killer maybe just passing through, or maybe he's a local serial killer even. But it's still a huge coincidence that, yeah, he happens to be driving around at... Three, between three and five in the morning and fucking when power's out and all this shit's going on it's like oh perfect there's my there's a perfect mark i can kill you know like i don't know it just seems 
To me, it's I mean, that, more likely. That kind of is what they do, though. I mean, they kind of just cruise and look for an easy target. You know? Yeah, I could see in like a bigger city, though. Maybe not even like a huge ass city like New York or Chicago, but like a bigger city, like a town of like twenty thousand people, like a suburban area. It just seems that doesn't seem like that would be the hunting ground. And it, you would if have to get incredible. How many how many nights would you drive around in a rural neighborhood between three and five, and you actually see someone walking? I mean, if you're down the road, if you're a trucker, you're just putting miles all day, every day. And if you happen to see, you know, if you happen to just come across a wounded gazelle, you strike. Right. So fair. So there are, let's see, it, it basically comes down to a few possibilities. Uh, and I broke it down into two categories. If it was her that was seen by the witnesses and if it wasn't her. And let me know if you agree, disagree, or have anything you want to add to the, add to the list. Yeah. Um, if it was her that was seen on the side of the road. It could have been a disassociative fugue state. <laughs> like we talked about last time. Yeah. Um, or she could be a runaway, which uh, I was reading a guy who works for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children said that most children who run away are at least 12. And like we talked about, she was only nine. That doesn't necessarily exclude it as a possibility. It, it would just make it very unusual for... Yeah. Or less uh, a child of her age to run away. Uh, or, like we alluded, or sort of teased last week, <laughs> sleepwalking. And just to get into... so You want to you do a quick segue on that? Yeah, so I, I had a brief period of, like, weird sleepwalking, sleep-talking, middle-of-the-night behavior, which... What do you mean by that? A, <laughs> It was a very narrow window of time, but it was super fucking weird because it just came out of nowhere. And in hindsight, what me and me and the missus sort of think is when I was uh, I used to chew tobacco. And if you're listening to this and you think it's gross, you're wrong. It's awesome. I miss it every day. But when I was quitting, I was chewing nicotine gum and I didn't. I didn't even put two and two together. She did. And then after the fact, we looked it up. And one of the like side effects of nicotine gum is weird, like sleepwalking or sleep talking. So really? there was a few, in- yeah, there was a few instances where, you know, I, I like got up in the middle of the night and would just like do weird shit, like go into the closet. And she's like, what are you doing? And like, I'm going to the bathroom. And so she would like what move me to the bathroom. Knows? Yeah. So then there was another time where, I got up out of bed, walked into the living room, turned on the TV, and then just like stood there uh, looking at, yeah, st- <laughs> like blankly staring at the TV. That would creep me the she, fuck out. And she came out and was like, what are you doing? And I have no memory of this at all. <laughs> and so, dude, during this time frame, one of the, like the worst uh, question I ever could hear in the morning would be like, do you remember what you did last night? Uh, yeah. And that's, I'm like, oh God. That's never. So good. then the, uh, the Everest, the pinnacle was one night where I had fallen asleep on the couch, just like watching TV and like fully clothed. And I woke up, got up, grabbed my keys, my wallet, my phone, everything, 
walked outside. I think I locked the door behind me. She says I didn't, but I don't know what happened. So I walk outside. I start walking down the walkway to our driveway, and it's raining. And I think the rain kind of like half woke me up because, uh, like, I can only sort of retroactively remember from this point on, nothing before it, but I was still kind of in that sleepwalking state. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I'm walking down to the driveway. The rain kind of wakes me up. So I'm like, oh, shit, I need to get back inside. So I go back to the door, and I can't figure out how to open the fucking door just because I'm asleep. And so I'm, like, trying the key, trying the handle. And so I start banging on the door. Oh, and no. I look over, and my neighbor, his light comes on. And so he's like, what the fuck is going on? She answers the door in a panic thinking that I'm like an intruder or something trying to break in. Did she crack the door and have the, 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 the chain latch? Yeah, uh, and like she was peeking we don't have, We don't have the chain, but she opened the door like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and So she looked through the peephole and saw it was you? Well, so our peephole is super cloudy. Like it's really hard to see, especially at night. I think she, when she got up, she re- reached over and realized I wasn't in bed. Mm-hmm. and was like, okay, this has got to be him doing God knows what. But, yeah, super, super bizarre. And then so what I happened? remembered... She let, you, she let you in, like, what are you doing? And then she helped you back to bed, and you went to sleep? Yeah, and then the next morning it was like, well, that was weird. And, <laughs> yeah, thank, thank God it didn't really happen too much after that. But it was so, so weird. So that how how long of a snapshot are we talking about? Like a week, two weeks, three weeks with intermittent? It was a couple. It was like a couple months, I want to say, where it would just ha- happen every once in a while. Or like Crazy. I would talk in my sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the clown God, has was... no penis. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's from uh, Step Brothers. That scene where they sleepwalk. Mm. And he's in there, and yeah. he's, like, making a sandwich, rah, rah, rah. And then John C. Riley yeah. is, like, walking around with the mustard bottle. And he's like, the clown has no penis. <laughs> Dude, it's it's such a shitty feeling to, to have someone be like, do you have any idea what you did last night? Yeah. Oh, God, no. I'm not sorry. Being, the not being in control? Yeah, that's that's freaky. Okay, so the possibilities... If it wasn't her that was seen walking down the street is she could have been abducted by a stranger from her room. Mm-hmm. She could have been abducted by someone she knew, like a family member or family friend, somebody who she would feel trust, like she would be feel trustworthy of going with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have been a friend that was like, hey, let's go whatever in the middle of the night that she left with and then got separated from or, or whatever. But maybe that was one of the pretenses of her leaving or sleepwalking fugue state or ran away. Yeah. I think kind of reaching a little bit, maybe on like, you know, the list of possibilities that could have happened. Um, I know like the word groomer is used a lot these days, but um, I mean, and, specifically like to when it's like tied to a church so knowing that uh she was active in the church you know i've seen a lot of stuff like you know people grasping at straws or you know just wanting to 
try and understand what could have happened. You know, to me, more than like a crime of opportunity, this, to me, it seems like it was more premeditated and there was an outside party, like someone old enough who could drive mm-hmm. that made away with her. And she was so smart um, that, and she was old enough that I think it would have had to have been someone that she had some, at least a, a modicum of trust and or respect in. Yeah. And like, this wasn't like, this was maybe it wasn't thought out from the beginning, but it was something that developed and it was something that was, that had, you know, a minimum amount of planning that went into this because of all the circumstances we talked about, like the power going out and the fucking rain. Like, I think that only helped like whoever it was that, you know, like those conditions and, um, but I think it was definitely planned. So, you know, that person couldn't have known that it was going to play out this way. Uh, she was just going to leave quietly, quickly, you know, three, four in the morning, we're going to go here and do this, whatever it is. Um, and mm-hmm. then, and then people want to speculate. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't think it's meaningful to speculate on whether she's dead or alive. I mean, my gut would probably be like, yeah, she's probably dead. Um, but I don't think that's really meaningful because it's like she disappeared and like you need to figure out what happened to her first, then fixate on, you know, is she alive or dead? Um, but yeah, I guess anyway, the long story short, that, that's my, I guess, gut feeling, uh, the way that my, my mind rationalizes it. What do you think is the, or what's your heart tell you about this one? Yeah, I, no, I think you're on the right track as far as her leaving the house because there wasn't any sign of forced entry. So it's not like somebody jimmied her window open and snatched her or anything, at, at least that I know of. So she voluntarily left the house. I think that that much is known. Uh, I think the dogs not being able to track her scent indicates that she got in a vehicle of some kind. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it was like a pre-planned thing, whether it was a friend, family friend, or like you said, somebody known to her that she trusts that was like, oh, hey, let's go check out this thing. I want to show you, but we have to do it in secret for whatever reason. And I mean, kids are, kids are kind of dumb and easily influenced. So Mm -hmm. like, imagine if it was like a basketball coach that was like, Hey, I want to show you this thing, but we need to leave really early in the morning to go there. So don't tell your parents and I'll pick you up and I'll, I'll have you back before school or whatever. And there's just, there's no way of knowing without, I mean, we're, we're kind of spoiled these days where everyone has a cell phone and, there's ring cameras everywhere. So you can, you can sort of track. Like imagine if that happened today, it's like, okay, well four of her neighbors have ring cameras. So we'll see which direction she went and then just kind of follow and put it together. But this really is just like, just, just vanished into thin air. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, this day and age, you know, like even, even though it's been 22 years, it's like, look how far technology has come you know like to where yeah it it would have been a lot easier to at least get a better head start or start on the case but and it would have been that much harder for someone to try and get away with it they would have had yeah. a plan like maybe after a basketball game or a function or something where there's a lot of people and you can easily um but 
Yeah, this one's frustrating because there's like it's just because like you know tons of kids and everything go missing every year, but like a large percentage. I'm not gonna offer one, but I know it's a large percentage are found pretty quickly and within a short amount of time. And then there's these outliers like this that it's just like nothing and there's no leads or anything. So it's just, it's frustrating. So, and I was trying to look up, I was trying to look up the FBI stats for like missing children Mm -hmm. and how many are found either alive or dead and how many are just never found. I was having a really hard time finding the, the info, but one of the numbers I found for, I think 2020 was, it was like 300,000 kids or something crazy were reported missing. Half of those were unauthorized parent, like custody issues where like mm-hmm. mom took them longer than, so, you know, wipe away half. Cause I don't really count that. It's like an abduction. Yeah. Those are just and like it's that, fucking surface level, like, like custody shit. disputes. Yeah. So of those remaining missing quote unquote cases, it was like 98% yeah. of the kids back home and it's fine. Yeah. I, I didn't feel comfortable enough throwing percentages, but I saw they were definitely in the high nineties. I even saw 99% yeah. and stuff like that. So um, I guess one, one other little tidbit that, I mean, it's frustrating too because it goes fucking absolutely nowhere, but I guess in um, uh, 2014 uh, the U S Marshal service, arrested a man named Donald Ferguson uh, for the 1990 murder of Shalanda Poole. And I guess her case had like eerily similar uh, circumstances and similarities to Aisha's case. And um, I guess a lot of people in the region think that Ferguson is the prime suspect in Aisha's disappearance. Uh, however, they've made, they've never made any definitive linkage uh, between Donald Ferguson and Aisha's disappearance. Um, And then two years later, 2016, um, the FBI released information that was generated from a previous 2015 cold case reinvestigation. Um, They got a couple tips saying that Aisha may have been seen getting into a green uh, early 1970s model Ford Thunderbird or Lincoln Mark IV with rust around the wheel wells. Um, the FBI publicly announced the potential lead in 2016, released images of the vehicle models um, and the variants. Uh, the FBI said they're looking for anyone who knew someone with that type of car during that time period. Um, still to this day, the car is a vehicle of interest, and uh, which was thought to be occupied twice the night uh, Asia disappeared. But then that's it, you know, so it's yeah. getting these little another... nuggets, like, five, ten years apart, and it just, what do you do with that, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there online. Uh, people people go a little bit farther on the speculation line, and, um, you know, some people have some really tight timelines and, like, really examine this thing, but, I mean, she's still missing, so... Uh, just trying to bring awareness to it rather than like, this isn't like an exploitative kind of like, Ooh, this is really weird. And mm-hmm. like, looking into it, it's like, it sucks. Like, uh, yeah, 
that there's just nothing and she just vanished like this so um yeah if you're interested in in this case i mean it's still active they still her family and that community they still do a a, a, a memorial walk every valentine's day um there's a fifty thousand dollar reward for uh, any information leading to her um uh leading to her being found um so yeah that's that's all i got yeah i mean like you said it's it's really sad because it's just ongoing there's no closure i mean it's got to be pretty shitty to lose your child but it's got to be even shittier to not know if you have yeah. or yeah yeah i don't think it takes the sting away but i mean it's got to give you you know whatever that closure means for that person you know it's got to mean something it's got to be better than you know because like i can only imagine like you know tying yourself in knots like maybe you can like live with it but then like you know every fifth day or you know every third day or something you're just going to be up in knots like what if she's still alive you know and she just moved Mm -hmm. on and she like she got away from her captors and she carved out her own life and she's too afraid to come back and, you know, fear of reprisal. Like somebody knows where she is and like, you know, that's just one tangent you could take as a parent, like thinking like, yeah, there's all this time that we've missed out on. And what if, she, what if she is still alive? Like that kind of shit could just fucking eat you alive. Like holding on to that hope of what if they are still alive, you know, and they're still, well, a and I, re- I read a, an interview with the mom, I don't know if it was that same one from 2013 or if it was one after that, but I mean, she said that she thinks she's still alive, which has got to be. I can understand wanting to hold on to that hope, you know, like, but on the other hand too, I can also understand like trying to give yourself closure and say, no, they Mm. probably didn't make it just so you can like function in everyday life, you know, like as a coping mechanism. So I can see both sides of it for sure. But either way, I fucking... I, I was watching a thing online and like, you know, they asked that question, you know, what is, is it better to know or not know, you know, and keep, keep that hope alive or, you know, most people said, yeah, I would, I want to know, you know, at least yeah. when it happened and like, so I can, you know, come to grips with that and try to overcome that. But all right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, Asia degree, look look it up uh, if you want to learn more. There's plenty out there and it's still ongoing. And if you guys have any questions for us um, about this or anything else, uh, you can hit us up um, at our email is wax at waxingtheporpoise.com or reach out to us on one of our socials. Uh, Instagram is waxingtheporpoise, Twitter at waxingtheporp. Um, did we not key in on the... Um, what did no. you call it? That was super slick. We need to keep that going. It was the, uh, what did I call it? Like the, the autistic phrase that pays or something? Yeah. <laughs> that pays. Did we, touch, did we touch on it and I just missed it? No. We did not. You did not say it. It was in reference to, <laughs> it sucks that this is bombed the last two weeks. And <laughs> hey, let's keep trying. Uh, but it, I was hoping it would come up when we were talking about how, even though the, even though the kids were kind of sheltered, they both were, they sort of came and went. On oh, I know. Because both... I, um, and I almost fucking used it too. Latchkey kids. Yes. 
I wrote it. I wrote it down on the paper. <laughs> there was. I. I can think back to. I remember there was a specific point where I. I was in my head before it. I was like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna use Latchkey Kid, and I didn't. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you love phrases. <laughs> I do. Oh man. I do love a good phrase. Welcome to the Colloquial Corner. I forgot one. So, so oh, nice. going springboarding right into that, um, there is one today I, f- I had forgotten about. This is an oldie but goldie. Um, it was hotter than fuck today and super humid. And I, I was mowing the lawn. I hit the, the front yard first because it's the biggest chunk. And it took a bite out of my ass. And I, <laughs> I sat down and my daughter came out and my wife, they were doing a little project in the, in the garage. And I didn't have a filter on at all because I was just like, I felt like it was entering the first stages of heat exhaustion or heat stroke. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, it's hotter than a snake's ass in a wagon out there. Um, that's, that's one I, I, uh, have incorporated into my lexicon from our mutual friend Barker. Um, it's I like, like it. Like a horn it, just, church. It, it, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense, but it does. If you think about it, because like snake skin i feel like it's like it's like rubber like it's vulcanized like it's like a tire so if it was in a wagon that's just hot as shit and like just dry like like overbearing sunlight you'd just be cooking so hotter than a snake's ass in a wagon that's our this week's little corner um yeah i'll try to come up with something more topical for for the next episode that's awesome latchkey kid i swear to god i almost used it too i know it i know it <laughs> that's one i didn't learn about like i always heard that term and i was like what does that mean like when i was probably like 32 like i still didn't know what it meant and i was like <laughs> i was like oh hey i was one of those yeah As definitely I a, a fun phrase the the 90s the mid 90s were um Yep. Um, fuck, there was one other thing. Oh, yeah, before we leave off, too, I wanted to uh, to show you this shit. I, I'm thinking about turning it into a bump. This, this, this is just fucking funny. Um, it's not the... Can I guess? Yeah. Is it the video of the Las Vegas smoke shop stabbing, by any chance? No. Ah, okay. What is that one? Is well, that the be... one where the big dude gets his shirt ripped and he's like, and he starts getting tased and he just wears it like a fucking sweater and he's like, and he's got like a he's got like a cool one hundred in his hand that he's smoking, oh no and he's getting t- actively tased by the cops and he's like, I'll get you, bitch. No, but that is great, and I I just recently rewatched that clip. <laughs> dude, I love that one. So funny. This one is um. I wouldn't even call it like surveillance camera because it's like a low angle. So it must be like a, a ring or a nest camera. Mm-hmm. And so these two, these two guys come into like a smoke shop, like a vape, like a cigarette city type of shop. Mm-hmm. And they're wearing ski masks, but they look like stupid ski masks, not like bank robber ski masks. 
Not like. And so the guy behind shit. the counter, guy behind the counter is like, "What are you guys doing with those masks?" And they kind of are talking back and forth. And one of the guys grabs like a tip jar or something. And the guy's like, um, "I mean, you can take the money, but can I have the coins? Because I need the coins for my tray or whatever." One guy jumps over the counter. And he moves over to him, and so he jumps back. The other guy jumps over the counter, and the clerk just starts stabbing this guy. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> can see that. Yes. Dude. And the guy's like, I'm I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> dude, he stabbed him at least eight times, and one of them, like, I'm pretty sure he, he got, he had to have gotten a he, good artery. Well, the guy lived, so he, he didn't oh. hit anything. He didn't hit anything vital. Damn. But... When he first started going at him, I thought he was just doing those, like, pussy little rabbit punch, like, uh, uh, you know, like, with the bottom of your fist. Yeah. I didn't realize he had a knife in his hand. Yeah. And, yeah, the guy, when he's like, I'm dying. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> That's like that, what it, what case is that from the sword and scale? The, oh, I'm sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. no, so this is not crime related. This yeah, just so really what is funny. this? So this is like a dude, like, like he's like emptying the cherry from like a blunt out into like a cup with a bunch of ash and like, like bits of uh, like Swisher sweet paper and it catches on fire and he's, he looks fucking zonked and he's trying to put it out with a pen. Uh, and he's also trying to sing along to uh, uh, a Tom Petty song. Uh, wow. A lot going on here. Yeah. Just hear me out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The boy, the baby, baby. The water, the water. What? It's funny because I feel bad for the people listening because they probably have no idea what's going on. I watched it and I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Oh fuck! I'll I'll put the link in the in the show notes, dude. I yeah, like once sure. or twice a week. Yeah. I watch that just to like, it does the trick every time. I'm like, okay, I feel, I feel better now. I don't know what's happening. Similar to the, uh, <laughs> she came down in a bubble, Doug. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, dude, that it thing is so good. That thing takes on way more. Uh, significance after you told me like look at the fat guy take his knife out and he fucking he actually opens that bitch up he flicks it open yeah. like he's gonna go stab his friend that might be my favorite thing ever on the internet i've watched that video so many fucking times yeah that's gotta be top three top five yeah that one's great <laughs> what did, do you know what the and title what was, was that what for, was her sister listeners? yeah huh do you know what the title of that is? Oh, God. No, I think you could type in any number of phrases and, and find it. Like, Bubble, Doug, yeah. dude, Wicked dude Witch of the getting, East, bro. The dude getting pissed. They're playing, like, a trivia game, and they're getting pissed about a fucking detail from uh, Yellow Brick Road. What the fuck is that? Dorothy. Wiz a, Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz question about a princess in a trivia game that... <laughs> <laughs> could have turned into murder. <laughs> um, so funny. So fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. If you've been living under a rock and you don't know that one, just 
give it a give it a Google. You have any yeah, ones? We... I'd like to see you incorporate them. <sighs> okay. Um, yeah. Any so final thoughts? Fun Anything one. else you want to share? No. No. All right. I think uh, we should we should pivot to a movie. Yeah. For a little little palate cleanser action. Um, yeah. We don't need to decide right now, but I guess maybe we can look through it and see if there's anything. Has there been anything recently that has been on your radar? Not really, no. All right. Are you as excited <laughs> as I am to kick off the horror movie September and October? I'm excited for fall. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I hear you. What were the two, what were the Halloween flicks? I think I have them listed here that I wanted to, uh, that I wanted to talk about. Have you ever seen uh, 1408 with John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, I think I have. Isn't that like a Stephen King adaptation? Based on a Stephen King short story. He's in like I a hotel with weird shit that happens. And... I, yeah, I maybe. I don't know. All right, we'll I call think it I'm just familiar. I, yeah, I think I'm familiar with it, but I don't know if I ever watched it. All right. Well, I prefer to go into stuff blind here for... Halloween. So here's some other. Have you ever seen Mothman Prophecies? Richard no. Gere. You haven't. Okay. No. Nope. That's a fucking nope. banger. We're watching that one for sure. Have you ever seen The Scout's Guide to the Apocalypse? Nope. Awesome. Uh, you haven't seen Phantasm Two. We're definitely doing Phantasm Two for sure. Um, have you ever seen Night Watch with Ewan McGregor, Josh nope. Brolin? Okay. Nope. That's a good one. Um. I'm thinking too. There, we're gonna go real weird too. There's a movie called Versus. If anyone's seen Ver- Versus, it's a Japanese flick, and it's like a, it's like a weird like zombie like. It's fucking. It's out there. It's super weird. But I think that'll be a good one too. We might have a, a special guest guest host for that one too. So, um, yeah. So if anybody's oh, got any suggestions fun. for like some deep cut like hidden gem kind of Halloween-centric, spooky horror stuff we're going to be doing for the entire months of September and October, nothing but horror movies. So bring us, uh, send us your recommendations um, that kind of fit that uh, rubric, as it were. Um, (laughs) um, Let's see. Latchkey kid. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to have to slip that in through the course of the next week more than I would have um, now that it's front of mind. You never seen the Burbs, right? No. Burbs is pretty good. A lot of people have covered it, but I still feel like I think that would would be a fun one to talk, especially for a first timer. Um, Yeah. The rest of these. I think that'd be a good. It's not a straight horror film, but I think that'd be a good lead in too so how about let's do the burbs sure down yeah we got where's it where where can it be found where can we find this flick and i think it's got a lot going for it too because it's got uh tom hanks i think you're a fan at least aren't you yeah really okay yeah i mean between gump and um yeah that thing you do i, just ha- I, th- I feel like you can do no wrong really yeah i, I kind of just get this like dickhead vibe from him I mean, he's a good actor, but... Yeah, I can see that, too. He probably is a dick. Fuck. Yeah. Um, looks like the only place you can get this is Voodoo for rent for $2.99. It's probably out of print or something. 
where it's like it's got so much weird shit that it's probably a nightmare to try to get it on a streamer with all the rights and issues and crap but um yeah you can rent it on voodoo for 2.99 this is from 1989 uh it's a banger for okay. sure okay yeah i'll oh, figure it out one last aside too I, do you have hulu yeah have you seen the new Predator movie, Prey? No. Dude, watch it. It's fucking badass. I haven't seen any of them. So What? You haven't seen any Predators? Yeah, we talked about that. Like, No, did we? <laughs> okay, you gotta watch the first one. For sure, with Arnold. That's prime Arnold, dude. And then the second one has its detractors but you got crazy gary Busey and danny glover in predator deuce it's predator in the city oh god it's, it's dope sounds awful danny, danny glover calls the predator a pussy face he's all bloody he's on like a rooftop he's like yo move pussy face just for that line alone you gotta watch it i mean it sounds really good <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to watch all that shit you could watch prey right now it's fucking badass so it's like it takes the predator like back into like the 1700s and like this native american tribe and these key this this chick goes fucking chicken her brother are fucking badass dude so good god i can't believe you've seen zero predator films um <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, yeah right. I think that's well. going to do it for us. Thank you for we listening. We have derailed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, well, at least you didn't overreact about it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening, tuning in. Catch us next week. We'll be talking about the burbs. Uh, and take take her easy. I'll see you when I'll take, see you, and I'll see you later. Take luck. <laughs>